0: .NET Rocks Episode 790 with guests Jay Schmelzer and Chris Finlan, recorded live Friday, July 6th, 2012. This episode is brought to you by Telerik and by Franklins.net, training developers to work smarter, and now offering GesturePack, a powerful gesture recording and recognition system for Microsoft Connect for Windows developers.
1: Details at GesturePAK.com. And now, here are Carl and Richard. Thank you very much, and welcome back to Dottin' Rocks. It's Carl, it's Richard, and we're all here. Uh, it's going to be a great show. What's up, my friend?
0: Ah, uh, it's summertime. How much better can you get than that? What am I doing except smoking meat and having parties?
1: You know, you really shouldn't smoke meat. It's bad for your lungs. Yeah, well, plus Sometime. it's a real bugger to keep lit. Yeah, really. Okay, with that, better know framework. <laughs> Thank you for saving me. You're all welcome. Right, what do you got? That's what friends are for. So <laughs> I'm going to violate the NDA and share something that came across the regional director's uh, mailing list. Really? We're not supposed to do that. However, this is all public stuff, and it's good knowledge that I just had to share. Somebody asked a question on the alias, it, uh, and the question is, in WinRT, is it possible to call an async method synchronously? What is it possible to call an async method synchronously? In other words, you know, just something that's marked with uh, async mm-hmm. instead of doing an await or whatever. You just you want to call it and wait for it and wait for it to come back. Right. And so Stephen Taub, who's been on our show many times, the talking about all this Stephen stuff. Taub. The Stephen Taub. Yeah, this is the coolest
0: part about the RD alias, is the guy
1: who wrote the code answers the question. It's so cool. Yeah. I recommend everybody should be an RD. <laughs> <laughs> so he says, if your goal for demonstration purposes, this is what, because the guy said, I know it's just for demonstration purposes. Don't ask why, but is it possible? He says, if your goal is to block waiting for the async operation to complete, you can use dot as task, paren paren, dot wait paren paren hmm. or dot as task dot result or dot as task dot get waiter dot get result just keep i love it three ways to do the same thing of just course. keep in mind that if you block the ui thread you could be in for pain the pain could be responsiveness issues or it could be a deadlock if the async method you're calling internally requires getting back to the ui thread in order to complete its operation. If the latter, you could work around that by wrapping the operation in a task dot run and waiting on the resulting task. For example, task dot uh, you know, equals greater than winrt some async dot as task dot wait. I love reading code on a radio show. It's great. Nice. As long as the async method being invoked doesn't have any kind of thread affinity, I just love that. Thank you, Stephen for being so awesome and uh there's a an edge case that clearly, you know, it's not obvious how to do it. And yet there's still three ways to do it. Three ways to do it. That's the rule. Microsoft, it's your foot. It's your foot. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Who's talking to us, Richard? I considering our guests, I had to grab a comment off of a previous uh light switch show. So this is from show 699 with Jay Schmelzer. When we were talking about Light Switch, and this comment is from Steve Schlotter, who asks, I built a business around, quote, scaled access applications, access that became a front end to Oracle. I'm curious about whether Lightswitch is the long-awaited, quote, access.net. Mm. For me, access delivered on the promise of scalability, and users considered it to be friendly because it was already installed in the machines via office, although most never really understood what access was. Well, can you answer that? Maybe we all get our guests to answer that question. You yeah. Know, that's a, it, it's a good one. Steve, great question. Uh, we can, we're can we going to debate it for you. We'll make a chunk of the show dedicated to answering that particular question because it's not an easy question to answer. And I'll get a .NET Rocks bug out to you right away. And if you'd like a .NET Rocks bug, write a comment on the site at .NET Rocks.com.
1: And before we get started here, I need to tell you that Pluralsight provides comprehensive developer training online with over 250 hardcore courses authored by industry experts, 12 to 15 new courses every month, a free 10-day trial, 200 minutes of access to their library. Pluralsight offers a wide range of training courses, including coverage of iOS, Java, Android, web development, and pretty much anything Microsoft, including several courses on .NET internals and advanced debugging techniques, all sorts of great stuff. Try Pluralsight today. Subscription plans start at just $29 a month. And with that, let me introduce our guests. Jay Schmelzer is a director of program management on the Visual Studio team at Microsoft. Jay and his team are responsible for the Visual Studio design time tools and runtime components used to build apps that leverage Microsoft Office client and server products. Many of the Visual Studio features vital to -to end-to-end application development experience, including data design time, building and consuming WCF services and deployment, as well as the application programmability and extensibility available in Visual Studio tools for applications. (sighs) Prior to joining Microsoft, Jay was a partner with a leading consulting firm and specialized in the design and development of enterprise apps. Jay has authored several articles and books on application development and is a frequent speaker at conferences. And our second guest is Christopher Finland. Christopher is a senior business intelligence specialist in the Global Software Technology and OEM Partners Group at SAP and is considered a go-to resource when it comes to designing and implementing innovative, customized line of business and reporting applications that far exceed end-user expectations. He has over 13 years of industry experience with a strong background in both the SAP and Microsoft technology space. When he's not tinkering with a new light switch application or walking users through how to use SAP's Business Objects BI tools inside of SharePoint, You can usually find him outside Philly with his wife, Bridget, and two children, Caitlin and Matthew. Welcome, guys. Thank you. Thanks.
2: Good
3: to be here.
1: So you guys, uh, speaking of, you know, the the whole access question got me thinking about old technologies. you guys remember this old technology we used to use, um, Silverlight? Oh. Yeah. Oh. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) I'm sorry. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> it's going to be one of those shows. That's not a real question, of course. I just want to hear the laugh. Nice. <laughs> so, Christopher, yeah. uh, you have been pointed out by Jay as a guy who has written a ton of really cool apps using LightSwitch for a Fortune 500 company, and they just love it. Can you tell the story of how you stumbled into LightSwitch?
2: Well, sure. I mean, I'm surprised Jay had time to point me out after writing that bio, because I'm sure that took him several days to (laughs) cobble that together. My God, it took me half an hour to come up with those two sentences for myself. so... um, The the light switch applications that I've built... Well, uh, funny story, which I'm sure is why Jay wanted me on here, is last August I was out in Minnesota visiting a friend of mine who actually works for Microsoft. So, uh, as I was relaxing one evening and uh, kind of tired and just, you know, killing time before I fell asleep. I was reading through several articles, and one of which uh, mentioned a plug for a tool called Light Switch that allowed users to use a tool that was basically an online pivot table tool that allowed them to do all of the functionality and drag-and-drop uh, usefulness that they find when they dump their information into Excel and simply pivot it. And so I was quite intrigued by this, because I built a couple different reporting applications, and I found that the vast majority of end users were simply taking the data and dumping it into Excel files and then pivoting that information. So what I did was I went and I uh, checked it out at the the website, and I was like, wow, this is really impressive. And I put together a very simple light switch application because, again, I have a background in using IIS and using uh, Access and using other tools, so it wasn't very difficult to put something together and then load it up to the web and show it to some people and people were very impressed and I was able Mm. to do this in an extremely short period of time and so from there I became more and more intrigued with the product and I started building out different things and and one thing led to another and now I'm on your show telling you this story
1: how how when you say a very short period of time how long did it take you from watch a light switch overview video to version one
3: well, if you're
2: talking about the reporting application itself, it took me about five minutes. I mean, you're, you're literally choosing a database or building a table and then choosing a screen with this particular component, showing it on the screen, and it just works. There's nothing else to it. I mean, that is a... Obviously, a very simple application, but it was one that was extremely valuable for the uh, for the users that were using this application mm. because, again, it was something that was meant to be a complement to their other tools in the tool in the toolkit that we would provide for them as far as reporting on the different financial reports they need in their day to day business. So, mm. it was something that I was able to put together very quickly. So, it was very intriguing to me because, again, this was just the first step. So, I, I built an application where I did several of these reports, and. As I started working with it, I started then tinkering with some other things because, again, different problems would come up on a day-to-day basis where users were looking for these type of line of business applications that the light switch tool allows you to fix or (laughs) solve. yeah. And I would simply say, you know what, let me give it a shot. And then as I did more, I would become more intrigued. I'm like, well, maybe I can do this. Well, maybe I can do this. And what it would allow me to do is very rapidly build out applications and never feel like I was going to hit a wall with it at some point. Like, Mm. oh, I can't do this or, oh, this is now, you know a waste of time, or I can't pass this off to somebody in case I get hit by a bus. Mm -hmm. So because it was sitting inside a visual studio, it was very easy for me to hand it over to a developer or somebody and say, hey, look, I'm having a little trouble with this piece of code. Could you do this for me? Because I don't have time to just sit there and figure it out on my own.
1: Now, how much development experience had you had prior to that?
2: Well, this is one of these things where I had coded in the past in some limited forms, but the problem is, is that for me to sit down and do a lot of you know C sharp or VB .net, I don't have time for that, and my manager wouldn't be really thrilled if I'm sitting around coding all day because that means I'm not meeting the business user's needs on a day-to-day basis. Because, uh, again, my title is Senior Business Intelligence Specialist. That mm-hmm. tells you about half the story of all the different stuff I do. Okay. I act as SharePoint Administrator, SQL Server DBA. I build out reports in Business Objects and in Microsoft Tools. Mm-hmm. I, I'm handling end-user technical questions. I'm cr- creating documentation around all right. this. I'm putting together. So there's a lot of different stuff that I do throughout the week, and I'm working you know, 50, 60, 70 hours a week at times. I can't take a chunk of that time and say, you know what, I'm going to take 20 hours this week and try and code this piece out and this will affect this small problem right. and then I can do testing around it. I needed something where I could very rapidly turn something around and get end user feedback and also generate excitement that hey, something's coming. This isn't just vaporware.
1: You said that you uh would hand stuff off to developers. Was there any code that you tackled yourself?
2: Oh, sure. I do I mean Honestly, the vast majority of coding I did myself, there was, I think, one or two small projects where I would hand it to the developer and say, I don't have time to build this. Yeah. It's more complicated than I can devote the time to figure it out at this point. Can you just do this? But I'd say 98% of the time, I would simply do the code behind the scenes in C Sharp myself. That being said, the great thing about Lightswitch is that I don't have to do a lot of code to build these applications. Sure. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm always looking for a quicker way to do something that's a better, more efficient way using my time. I mean, as a developer, your job is not to code. Sure. Your job is to build an application that people can use. If Absolutely. coding is part of that. That's great. If it's not or if you can avoid that with something that does the job just as well, well, I think I'll, that's a that's a great thing. It sounds
1: like you go to the church of Billy Hollis. So that's nice. great.
2: <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
1: So, how many apps have you created? And are these are all just internal SAP apps that, that do various things?
2: Well, again, this is the, this is the unique thing about LightSwitch is that, I mean, SAP and Microsoft are obviously valued business partners. So, as I started using LightSwitch internally for different one-off applications, again, these are the types of things in the past that would be handled by Excel. Or it right. possibly could be handled by Access if somebody knew Access well enough to put something together. Or it was handled by a custom development project that would cost a lot of time and money. So I was doing these little applications that actually grew over time for several different groups. And again, these were taking 95 to 98% less time than previously. And that's not an exaggeration, by the way. I mean, I give you an example of two years ago, one of the major projects I did. We had a developer brought in. He took three to six months to build a project. And I actually on my own thought I could build the same thing in light switch and I replicated it in about five hours. Wow. So, I mean, but. That's the beauty of this product is that it allows you to do this type of rapid turnaround. And again, it probably needed some tweaks or some tweak, uh, some polishing of the rough edges here and there, but it was, it was basically there. It had all the core functionality that it needed to do. And this is something where because you lose interest of people as you go through this development project, and you need all these SMEs to provide input of what they want to do, and they don't want to spend time testing, and if you're working with a developer who's not exactly familiar with the SAP culture or what people are looking for, what the business is all about, then you have this problem where the project starts everyone's really excited about it then two three months in they're like oh that's still going on i thought we'd have something by now we're just doing it in excel forget about it
1: and sme what's an sme um really smart
2: person no it's some a subject matter expert oh okay the people who they're the ones who know the business because if you're bringing in a developer they're not going to know the way that that internal business unit operates on a day to day basis they're sure. gonna be like I can build you something but tell me what you're looking for how does your business work what's the flow of this supposed to be like what's the process I'm,
1: I'm it's my job to be the acronym police that's all
2: oh sure Ooh. no at SAP, we have a, we have lots of acronyms there
1: so. yeah you are you are an acronym that's right <laughs> This portion of .NET Rocks is brought to you by Telerik, makers of Kendo UI. Are you a web or mobile developer who wants to build amazing sites and apps? Looking for the best tool out there that can really improve your development work? We've got the answer for you. Kendo UI is everything you need to build HTML5 and JavaScript sites and mobile apps. In the complete integrated package, you'll find a jQuery-based toolset that includes rich UI widgets, a powerful data source dynamic data visualizations, and blazing fast micro-templates, all backed by industry-leading professional support. Visit the official Kendo UI website at kendoui.com slash net, that's D-O-T-N-E-T, to find out more about Kendo UI or download the free 60-day trial with support. Also, Tablet Show number nineteen was an interview with Todd Anglin on the Kendo UI. Richard and I talked to him at length about this great tool set. That's at thetabletshow.com and look for show number nineteen in the archives. And when you talk to the Telerik guys, make sure you thank them for supporting.net rocks.
0: Chris, how do you plug into SAP? What's exposed?
2: Well that's that's the interesting thing, is there's actually two parts of this. So we use I mean Oftentimes what I'm doing is I'm building a very simple application. We're just using a database, whether it's SQL Server, whether it's Sybase, whatever Mm -hmm. the case is, using the connectors. Or we're now... Moving into the area where, because SAP's NetWeaver Gateway product has OData connectivity and LightSwitch is a great way to work with OData connections, that's something where we're working more and more. And that's actually something we're talking more to Microsoft about is making this type of connectivity available to our different Customers or potential new customers, if mm-hmm. they're looking to use the SAP framework or space and use that OData connectivity from Netweaver Gateway product, and use LightSwitch as a way to rapidly build something up, in addition to the other pieces of the Microsoft suite.
0: And are you purely internal at this point? Are you actually rolling them out to externally, other people using them?
2: The applications that I'm building, again, my main job is to support the internal business processes of the users that I
3: support.
4: That
2: being said, I'm working very closely with the team that is part of the SAP Microsoft Alliance and is looking at these different products and the connectivity between them. And... I'm considered the light switch guy because again I'm the person who's been developing these applications and knows the product inside and out so I've been asked for a lot of questions around this uh, around the connectivity with SharePoint how you can use the two applications together because again we're we're uh we have the Duet Enterprise product, where SharePoint is a major part of that. So uh, we have a SharePoint instance that we're using against LightSwitch to kind of show off this connectivity and show the uh, end users and potential salespeople what you can do with this, how it would bring value to the customer as far as leveraging their internal SAP applications against this Microsoft front end.
1: Awesome. And you said uh, in terms of brick walls, are, are these mostly data entry and reporting uh, uh, things? data in data out um
4: uh,
2: th- i think that's oversimplifying it quite a bit because sure. the the application that i mean the major applications that i can speak to that i've developed and has around oh, 100 to 150 users was again developed to be kind of the uh, the crm for this group even though it's not a, a true crm system it's a complement to the sap crm system because a uh, uh-huh. A very common scenario that you see inside companies, I'm sure, other than SAP, is I have a lot of users, we have a lot of users who need to look at the SAP CRM data. However, they don't need to update, insert records, delete that information. They just need to know what's going on around deals, how they can best support it, what's the, what's the largest deals in the pipeline, that sort of thing. So what this does is it allows us to leverage that information in an environment that allows them to append to that information, get that information being refreshed, but create a connection against a custom data source that's affecting their line of business specifically. Utilize workflow and email applications where you can put some code in and have an email sent off when a new new plan is built around a particular opportunity or a particular partner. So this is something where the application. I would say initially was intended to be very simplistic but turned into something far more robust and that was actually what spurred a lot of people's interest Well, how can this product be leveraged in many other ways? So it it's interesting the groups that'll approach me or I'll 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 you know, I'll hear somebody has a problem and they're like, Oh well Finland's gonna say the light switch can solve this and, and but believe it or not, it does oftentimes <laughs> yeah. it does exactly that. And again, It's a product that I think every company and every group should at least have in their tool belt. It's something that... It, you'd never know when a situation is going to come up where you may need something that allows you to do the type of stuff that Lightswitch allows you to do. But man, it's becoming really, really valuable as far as now with the new mobility functionality being added to it with an HTML five project output, uh, having this kind of rich desktop environment along with a mobile client is something that people are always looking for. Uh, the ability to quickly get something up in front of people to show them, Hey, here's how you can do this. And then, the greatest thing you can have from a user is that not this doesn't work or I have a bug here or a bug here is that they're testing it out and saying, this is great, can I also have X yeah. or can I have this? Because that means they like it. That mm. means I want to use this, especially if it can also do XYZ. great thing about light switch, nine, 10 times out of 100, it can do XYZ. And hmm. that's, that's something that's extremely powerful and useful on a day-to-day basis to provide to these different groups. So allow them to run their business better. Because at the end of the day, what they're doing and what they're trying to do is make the best use of their limited amount of time. Yeah. And if you have everything dumped into a spreadsheet or into a small system that you can't use or isn't interconnected with other groups, it, it just slows everything down. People can make do, but...
1: So you're a good person to answer this question because we talk to developers a lot, uh, you know, who spend all day developing is, is Lightswitch really that uh easy to use for somebody who has no development experience but may, might be a subject matter expert or an it person yes it really yes, is
2: I think, I, I think that that's actually the best way that's the best thing about it because if you can give a subject matter expert a tool that allows them and again they may not have a huge you know a strong 25 year development experience mm. but they're technically inclined. They're good with using different Microsoft products or other product suites. They're, they're savvy enough to figure out problems. I mean, LightSwitch is great in that, again, I could go and use another application like ASP.NET or do Silverlight development directly, but I like the fact that it doesn't let me screw something up simple. Like when I'm setting up a new data structure with a database, I can quickly put together a bunch of tables and create the relationships, with some drag-and-drop, and it does it in plain English. It makes sure that I don't miss anything so users aren't getting you know SQL errors on the front end or development errors of some sort. Mm-hmm. That It's something silly that I did right out of the box that as I got further downstream, I didn't even think about until I had to load it up and I don't look at that screen or whatever the case is. Mm-hmm. I mean one of the things that I I saw at the beginning of this year is this idea of what is it a Code Rocks project or there you know this this idea where the public can code and you do this teaching self-taught training session for 52 weeks or something like that and you're learning I don't know Java or something and I was a little interested in that but this is the type of thing where with Light Switch, if you're doing development work, you can spit something out very quickly that looks really neat to people. Again, Silverlight like does a great job of showing off something that looks very visually appealing and does some neat things. So if you're not a developer, you suddenly put together a few screens and you show it to somebody like, wow, how did you do that? Right. It's like, oh, well, I, you know, I spent many hours late at night really toiling and putting something together. No, you were able to put something together very visually appealing and very powerful in very short period of time. And it's great for stuff like prototyping because sure. again, you can get it in, up in front of people very fast. So, so that's so, very valuable.
1: So Jay, congratulations. I mean, it seems like you've got uh, a really great case here of success in a big company with light switch. You must feel pretty good about that.
3: <laughs> yeah, no, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. I mean, you know, I got introduced to Chris a couple months ago, um, through actually through some folks at component one who, uh, another group that that I know Chris has been using some of their stuff as part of these light switch applications um, and yeah, from the first phone call, uh, you know hearing you know the kinds of things that Chris has been talking about around you know time to solution, um, approachability, you know solving that problem where you have this idea that everybody's excited about in the organization, but if you can't start showing results very fast, the interest just dies off, and yep. the project dies.
4: Yep.
3: Um, you know, h- seeing how he was applying light switch to all those things was was music to my ears. Um, yeah. So I have to actually say one of the other things that was, was pretty cool. Um, it hasn't happened to me a lot in my career, but uh, a couple of weeks ago, we were down at TechEd uh, North America in Orlando and, and Chris was there and we were chatting in the kind of the visual studio exhibit area in the booth area. And I was setting up a laptop to, to do some ad hoc demos for folks. And, and Chris was pulling out his laptop to show me the, one of the apps that he'd built. And as we were getting set up, uh, another attendee came up, started asking me about Light Switch and using it to build internal apps for some decision support combined with, with data entry on the side. Um, and I just immediately looked at Chris and was like, Chris, can, can we show him the app you built? And from that point on, I think 20 minutes in, Chris probably had 25 people around him, and he was just showing the product and talking about what we'd done. And so, you know, nothing cooler than seeing a customer showing off and talking about, you know, the product and what it's enabled them to do. So that was pretty fun for me.
0: I hope you bought his ticket.
3: Because <laughs> 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 he
0: clearly paid his way at that point.
3: <laughs> I may owe yeah. him a little bit,
0: yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah.
2: Yeah, you know, SAP loves the fact that I go out and sell Microsoft products.
4: <laughs> really, really valuable stuff.
2: But, I mean, that's the great thing is that one of the things that I heard a lot at TechEd was people wanted to use Microsoft technology on front of, on the front end of SAP solutions. Mm. That was a common theme. I mean, people would literally stop me, like, oh, you work at SAP? I have a question for you. I was like, sure, let me put on my tech support hat here and see if I can help you out. <laughs> but it, it was interesting. Like, people were like, they were generally happy with the product, but there were certain things they simply wanted to use their Microsoft software to, to get at. And that's one of the great things about Light Switch and, and what we're trying to do with, with this and the idea around the OData connectivity is that we want customers to be able to unlock their SAP backend using a variety of technologies in the Microsoft space and light switch is a great way to do a lot of that and one of the things that you often get questions around is how do I connect all these different data sources and I got mm-hmm. something in a system over here, something in Excel over here, I got something in SQL Server over here and this group is using SharePoint, but. Blah, blah, blah. What you do is, just, hey, with light switch, you can drag and drop, create their relationships, and then bang, they're all on the same screen. And I'm like, so, really? You can do that? Like, sure, you can do that. Let me show you. And then I would do that. Like, wow, that's amazing. And that's really valuable to people because, again... I don't think companies are this you know, monolithic block where everybody's using the exact same tools for right. the exact same purpose in every single department. Sure. The idea is that you've got some group that's got some little application over here that was built five years ago that they're still humming along on that's completely isolated from the rest of the back end. You've got the SAP internal system that's got the vast majority of the information. You've got some other group over here that's using this application. You need a way to connect all of those items. And there, you run into any number of problems where you just the the access question that came up in the very beginning one of the things that always frustrated me about access is that when i first started at sap or when i was working my way through occasionally you'd come across these legacy access applications that are sitting out there on an island and the problem with that is it's kind of stuck in that self-contained bubble unless you upgrade the back end to a SQL server back end or put it in some other database structure and then kind to recreate the front end in another technology or using a Visual Studio in some way to build out an application. It's kind of stuck there. And again, I know you can, if you have access services with SharePoint, you could in theory connect them that way. But a lot of companies don't have that. So then you've got this kind of Simple legacy application that, you know, it's working, but nobody's really sure how it works. But, man, I barely hope it doesn't break. <laughs> yeah. And it's just sitting there by itself. Well, I need to pull this in with all the rest of this information. That's a really big job. If you had that, say, in Lightswitch instead, well, guess what? Then you can quickly create the connectivity with Odata or it's part of the Visual Studio Suite. So you can either have a developer work on it or somebody who knows the business can go in there. and say, Oh, I know what this is. Okay, let me do blah, blah, blah. And again, I think access was a fine tool and is still a fine tool in certain situations where I think it's a great way to introduce people to databases and setting up relationships and working with tables and putting together little simple applications that maybe they're using or a group of small people. But you really are still kind of very self-contained with that. You, it's very much something that, yeah, it's, it's sitting on my machine. It's sitting on my machine or a share or whatever. It's not sitting up on the web or in, in the cloud where a lot of people are now working. They want something in a web browser. They don't want it sitting on somebody's machine they don't even want to use a desktop icon to get at the stuff
1: so so you, there are our email or our comment was about you know is this the new access you've obviously had some experience with access uh what do you think the parallels are
2: i mean i i do i think it i think it's very much the new access but it, it does so much more in my mind and again uh, To be fair to all the Access developers out there, I use Access for a very specific purpose. I did some development work. I built some front ends. I built some databases. But I I did not build out these monster monster, uh, Access databases that could do a lot of these different things and different projects. Uh, In my mind, the great thing about this is with, uh, with Light Switch... There is so much you can do and turn around very rapidly and have this ability now to do something that people can use on the desktop, people can use on their mobile devices in the future to show off new screens, to bring in new functionality. I mean, this, this idea with the very, the way I started off the show, talking about this one, uh, component that actually the company Component One built. And again, there's really no other third party vendors other than Component One that do light switch stuff in any sort of robust way that you have this incredibly powerful reporting tool where there's no development work necessary for that at all. You pick your table, you choose the screen, you are done and then users have this enormously powerful tool where they kind of drag and drop this information, really work with it on a day-to-day basis, and you know save off use. It's a very, very powerful piece of software where in Access, you could do some stuff that was like that, but it required some work on your part where you really had to go and kind of dig in or build macros or whatever the case was. You didn't have that level of, oh, my reporting piece, bang, I'll use this application, I'm done, let me get back to building this piece out that I know this group really needs to make their business successful. So, and again, one of the things that I hope a company does and I think is a great way to leverage this product is I'd like to see, uh, whether it's SAP or a third-party vendor or whomever, I mean... Our business objects suite would be a perfect complement to light switch because I will say that the, one of the things that users have complained about is that, yeah, there's some BI solutions, but we need more formalized report or wish there was a way to integrate this with some more, uh, with some, uh, with our business objects installation we have internally. I think that'd be a great way to leverage to have something that allows you to quickly snap that in or utilize an application along with say an Excel like a dashboard or an explorer tool. So yeah. you have this, you have this enormous ecosystem. In theory, that could quickly create these kind of snap-in parts and take the place of. You really didn't have that in access. You really couldn't go out and say, "I'm going to buy this five-dollar piece of software, snap that in, ta-da! Suddenly, I have this screen that does." Certainly, the
1: certainly the uh, the the audience, you know, the target user is the same kind of user. Hey, Chris, I'm going to ask you to take a breath for a second, and uh, because it's a happy time in the show, right, Richard? One of my favorite times. Yes, it's the time we get to give away stuff and uh, to a lucky lucky member of the .NET Rocks fan club. Today's winner of a Telerik Ultimate Collection is James Lazio from Manlius, New York. Sorry wow. if I'm mispronouncing your town, but golf clap for James. Golf clap for you, James. A Telerik Ultimate Collection is $2,000 worth of software from Telerik. It's just about everything they have in one box. So uh, thanks for thanks for being a fan. If you don't know what we're talking about, you too can win stuff all year long including $5,000 worth of technology, which we give away every December starting this year. Go to com, click on the big Get Free Stuff button, and you'll be glad you did. So this brings us to the latest developments in light switch technology. And of course, I'm talking about the HTML client preview, uh, which is available on MSDN. Um, Jay. Uh, first of all, let me ask you, Chris, uh, have you looked at this? Are you interested in uh building HTML five apps with with Light Switch?
2: Yes, absolutely. I mean I absolutely have looked at it and I was thrilled they put it on a virtual hard drive with Windows eight, because I am just dying to get my hands on mm-hmm. Windows eight. And that was sarcasm. I'm not that mm. thrilled that it was <laughs> I mean, I've used mm-hmm. Windows eight quite a bit. And I've used it on a tablet and on the desktop. And I will say, now that I've used it on a tablet, I'm better at using it on the desktop. And I think the HTML client looks really nice. And i played around with it a little bit. But because it's on its own separate hard drive, I have to kind of use it in the bubble. So I've just been playing with it and testing out and doing some very simple things here on my uh, development machine. Do you find the people
1: that like your light switch apps, want them to work on their iPads and on their portable devices?
2: Yeah, that's the first question that everybody asks when I do any sort of training around any sort of application. Does this work on my iPad? Does this work on my tablet? Um, Not yet, but there's this new piece coming out, blah, blah, blah. And again, one of the things I will say, and maybe this is down a rabbit hole or not, but I don't see a lot of people wanting to do heavy data entry work on their tablet. Yeah. What they want is, is business intelligence tools that run on their tablet so they can view the information, what's going on with the business, where they need to be at, and maybe some simple data entry where they need to quickly update a record or quickly put in a note or let people know what's going on. It's the
1: dashboard idea.
2: Exactly. Yeah. And the, this idea and what they've done with the HTML client, frankly, is perfect for that because, again, it's designed for that type, I, I think, and Jay can correct me if I'm wrong, yeah. It's designed for that type of use case. I mean, I don't want, I, nobody wants to sit there normally with a tablet and, you know, start typing away for three, four hours. They'd simply break out their laptop.
1: Well, Jay, what about it? Well, tell us uh, tell us all about this new direction that you're going with LightSwitch.
3: Well, yeah, so that's that's very much what what we were targeting and what we're designing that, that HTML support for up in the initial releases. So the idea that you know, acknowledging that these devices are becoming very popular um, and really showing up a lot in in the business context, right? Whether it's something that um, was given to you by the organization and kind of managed, or more often than not, it falls into that you know, bring your own device category where you know someone bought it for their own use. Now they want to take advantage of it. Uh, in the, in the work context, either just because of the, the incredible battery life, the lightweight, what, whatever it is. They want to get their information on that as well. So we took it from a design point looking at it as a set of smaller uh, companion apps to the, the core desktop application that you're using to, for your heavier-duty data entry. So get the data available to me, allow me to work with it, allow me to look at it, allow me to make edits to it, but you know in a much more targeted fashion and and we're looking a lot at what kind of user experience patterns people are are looking for to make that easy to do since input is your finger and as chris mentioned typing with your finger for multiple hours at a time is not going to yeah. result in happy users right so that's really what we're doing
1: this is the question i think that's burning on everyone's mind is since you guys have so abstracted the user interface away from the developer and, you know, they, we don't even talk about UI in the code. It, it's all logic. Is is it possible then? Will it be possible at some point for us to take our light switch apps that we currently have and r- sort of rebuild them as HTML5 apps without too much pain?
3: I mean, it, it's, it's technology, it's software. So certainly anything's possible. I mean, I think what we're looking at right now is, you know, from a... What we think of as a traditional desktop application, traditional desktop line of business application, even being more specific, there's some things that we're wanting to exist in the HTML stack before we're, I think we're really productively ready to go do that. Um, you know, things that exist in the Silverlight stack or the other more traditional desktop based stacks as far as, you know, good, good grids, those kinds of things that you would expect. So I, I think, What we're looking to do with Lightswitch is is let that platform, let that technology stack continue to mature a little bit, um, and then start applying the Lightswitch approach to to a broader set of scenarios there as the platform and um, technology stack is is ready for it. Right. So that's that's the other motivation behind targeting the the broader device support first. I mean, if you want to get something running on lots of different types and styles and sizes of devices, HTML is the way to do that right now. Um, and so that's why we're starting with that, with that design point.
1: So the goal is to be able to do that. But um, at this point, it's a different product. It's a different animal, right?
3: I would say the, I would say the goal is to keep ourselves with Lightswitch in a position to do that um, when, the, when the technology stack is ready for it. Today, you know, starting off with a design point around the more device-centric app experiences um, with the HTML client, keeping the Silverlight client for our more desktop-centric experiences.
0: So, Carl.
1: Yeah, Richard. You ever embed Excel into an application? Ugh. You know, that's right up there with sticking ice picks in my ears. Nice. Because your end users have to have the right version of Office and all that stuff. Yeah. And it has that extra layer of dependency. What I want is just a way to take all that Excel goodness and plop it right into my .NET application.
0: Well, you reminded me of Farpoint Spread from the old days.
1: Yeah, 20 years ago, I used Farpoint Spread. But now, of course, it's component1spread.net. And now, you know, they have this version that's both for ASP.net and for Windows Forms in one package. Nice. Yeah, it's two different controls, obviously, but it's in one package. So You bought one, you bought the other. Right. Spread.net from Component 1.
0: Smarter components for smarter developers. Jay, what's the dividing line like? How much of the stuff on a back end of a light switch project is just the same, no matter what the UI is?
3: A hundred percent, actually. The back end um, can be exactly the same, and in fact, that's the way—that's uh, usually the way I will show it off. Um, uh-huh. Right now, that's actually the the little walkthrough that we kind of guided walkthrough we put as part of that uh, VHD image for the preview release. Also, walks you through. It gives you an existing. Um, light switch application that has a service and it has a, a similar like desktop client, and then it walks you through adding uh, a new HTML client application to it that's just going to take advantage of the existing um, service tier and database tier that you'd already created. So all that stuff can apply that all of those investments in the back end completely can carry forward to, to that client.
0: And I'm wondering if we're sophisticated enough in HTML5 here that I could make an HTML5 client for a desktop browser versus an HTML5 client for a phone?
3: Yeah, I mean, I think you could. One of the things that you don't see it in the preview, and it's something that we're spending some time right now on the team looking at, um, is what else can we do to really make it easier for you to adapt that HTML client based on the device that it's actually running on? Mm -hmm. Um, We're not trying to go and do the one-size-fits-all thing. I don't Mm -hmm. actually believe that's what people want. Um, personally, I don't believe that's what people are looking for. Um, we've all had experiences of using apps designed for one uh, device size or one, you know, orientation size on a, a larger or smaller one, and those are usually less than optimal experiences. Um, right. But having the, having it be usable um, in no matter what device I'm on is potentially a interesting thing to do so we're looking at how we can do that make that a little bit easier
0: there are specific features in html5 uh and i've even seen microsoft demonstrating this in a in a preview version of the microsoft site where as the screen space is restricted on any browser Certain elements change CSS three has support for this, just this idea that you have a a graceful degradation or a graceful compaction of the page when you go from a big screen to a small screen so I'm, I'm just hoping you guys are plugging into all that html five goodness
3: yes absolutely absolutely I mean you know we are certainly taking advantage of um, HTML as it as things hit the what i 'll call standards level so where right. where we see broad adoption across the the modern browsers and the different form factors, where that's usually our, in, our key to take advantage of it in the light switch product
0: yeah, maybe you won't say this but maybe I'll say it don't make it IE9 dependent <laughs>
3: <laughs> it's not As a matter of fact the HTML app, application we create are actually built uh, we rely heavily on jQuery and jQuery mobile right. for those Very applications cool. um, so we've actually already gone that direction to, to ensure we have good cross device support
1: yay you know it would be awesome in and i i don't have to tell you this, but the experience the end user experience would be awesome, maybe Chris, if you could chime in on this too, if you could take um you know the light switch app that we currently have, look at a screen and get a a green light or a red light in terms of whether this can be an h t m l five screen. do you know what I mean because maybe there's something in the silverlight. Uh, technology stack we're using on that, like, you know, whatever it is that doesn't, uh, that I can't do in HTML5 JavaScript um, yet. So, it maybe gives us a percentage of things, features that we could remove or rewrite, and then it gets to a point where we can get a green light, sort of like a a compiler warning, and then uh, be able to just port it over. Would love that.
3: It's an interesting point. I mean, one of the things that, you know, um, Chris was poking me a little bit on the, on the distribution mechanism for this preview being a, a big VHD. I mean, a lot of the reason for that was the fact that we wanted to get something out early so that we could start getting feedback on are we, are we designing for the right design point? Are we, you know, what's missing? What do you need to be able to create the kinds of applications in this space that you're looking for? And I think one of the pieces of, of feedback we're really interested in is, you know, how many of the applications that you've created with LightSwitch today using Serverlight you actually expect would work and you'd want them to work in across these devices. Mm-hmm. And, and then we can look at whether there are things we should do in the product to make that easier to get to. Yep. Um, I'll say right now, I don't have any interest in trying to do any kind of fancy code converter that says, Oh, you created this, you wrote this, you know, dot net code in Silverlight. I'm going to magically make it work in, in JavaScript that, yeah I'm a long way from trying to do something like that, sure because yeah, that's but. what we
0: all want, right? We just want <laughs> I mean I've built my app, make it in silverlight, make it in HTML, like just make it happen. but
1: if that you know most of the code that you write in a in a light switch app is logic code, that's really what it is. It can run on the server and it can run in as c sharp or v b net whatever you like that it can be done,
3: yeah certainly, so that's where I think if you know what what we're really interested to see is are people taking advantage of that separation and investing mostly in the code that they can run in the server, in which case, if they have very little to no code in the client, then, you know, Lightswitch providing a capability that says, hey, I want to start an HTML client, base it on the structure of that that Silverlight client that yeah. I have. You know, that would be interesting if people are building their apps that way. That would so. be
1: great. What do you think about that, Chris? Do you think that would be a, a good thing for you?
3: Uh,
4: I, I,
2: I mean, I got to say, I, I kind of agree more with, with Jay on this, just because what i don't want to do with a with a mobile client is boil the ocean because it- the, all the neat stuff that I can do at the desktop, that's great. And that happens over a period of time. Mm. Users are really looking for very specific, simple scenarios yeah. that they can quickly update a record or quickly look at what the status of something is that yeah. they're in CRM or something like that. They're not looking for something that has a spinning globe on it sure. that also can, you know, make your car start if you can put, that's not what they're doing, trying to do. And if I can just hit, quickly say, hey, look, Here's this really cool desktop application. I need like three screens to quickly put something out yeah. that people can update on their mobile devices. And LightSwitch lets me do that in a very short period of time. I think that's really, really
1: valuable. Well, I think you just nailed it, Chris. It's a very short period of time. We're not talking about, um, you know, screens that take an hour to build. We're talking about, you know, LightSwitch here. This is, it's no big deal to rebuild these screens.
2: Right, exactly, and that's—I think—that's the point. It's kind of one of those, you know, you can do anything if you have enough time and money. And does it make sense to div- to in- invest in that much time to try and do something that converts the code? I mean, I would love it if we're putting out suggestions here for Jay. I mean, one of the things I was talking to somebody else that. Microsoft last week during a con call was, I would love to see it if LightSwitch, and hopefully this is the direction you're going. If LightSwitch allows you to choose a lot of different technologies you can have the output in, like a Windows Phone application or a Windows 8 app or yeah. things like that, that it becomes really this Swiss Army knife of, oh, I need to build X. Well, ta da, LightSwitch can do that. You start your project and you go and you can turn around just as fast as you can turn around the Silverlight project yeah. at this point. Because again, as we all know, Microsoft is really killing. Silverlight as quickly as possible. No, I'm just kidding.
4: (laughs) (laughs) It's a joke.
0: joke. Well, and actually, Chris, I I do have a good question around the Silverlight. Has Silverlight been an obstacle to adoption for you at all? Does anybody notice or care about the plugin?
2: No, absolutely not. I mean, actually, uh, SAP markets some products that are built in Silverlight. So for for our users internally, that's not a big deal. And honestly... People like the functionality you get in Silverlight. Oh, yeah, I mean, it's great. And- mm-hmm.
0: But by that token, because it's an internal app, have you got a standardized browser, like you you're just not going to have any issues?
2: Internet Explorer is the internal browser right. of SAP. I mean, again, Microsoft's a very valued partner. So <laughs> I'm on a link call.
1: So we right have now, never, so. we have never bought into the hype of, of Silverlight being dead. In fact, I consider it the premier way to build business apps in the enterprise just because you get that goodness of Windows forms with the uh, easy deployment of the web. Yeah. It just is a no-brainer,
2: and and Jay made the point down at TechEd to somebody was asking about Silverlight. I mean, Microsoft has pledged to support Silverlight for ten years. So if you think about the type of applications that are being built here, I mean, if I think what happened ten years ago. So ten years ago, I got married. I've had two kids, two houses, mm-hmm. a couple jobs, all in that time frame. So if I have a little application that I was able to build in a few hours that lasts me ten years, well, guess what? That's a good investment. That's of a my damn time. good
1: investment.
0: Yeah, you killed it.
2: Yeah. yeah. Oh, so that's, that's really, really valuable. And again, yeah, Silverlight, I mean, technology is changing so quickly. I mean, the iPhone only came out five years ago. I mean, let's think about how quickly that's changed everything. So I think having an application for the type of stuff that we're doing on a day to day basis to support the business, it's in Silverlight and it's going to last me 10 years. Well, guess what?
0: And it's, and it's not like at 10 years it spontaneously combusts.
2: No, it does. That's actually on the box. <laughs>
1: Uh, uh, too much fun. But do you?
0: I mean, Jay, are you thinking? Are you? There's going to be another version of, of Lightswitch, right? Correct. Past 2012. That's my plan. And you'll keep building Silverlight clients.
3: We will continue to support the and and build the the, the capabilities in Lightswitch that our customers are are taking advantage of. So yeah, I anticipate the next release will continue to have that um, Silverlight output for the the desktop centric scenarios, we'll you know keep working on the HTML side and building that out for the for the device um more the device companion scenarios and we'll see what else uh, where else we take it.
0: Yeah so my question is are you trying to get back down to one client or are you looking at three?
3: I want LightSwitch to do what it is our customers need for these business apps, right? And if if we can accomplish that with two clients, great. If I can accomplish that with one client, obviously that's that's a nice thing for me. But if it doesn't help my customer satisfy their needs, and it, it really isn't in my best interest either. So,
0: right, And if they're better served by three, you'll look at three? I'll look at three. All right. So, Jay, do you want to answer our, our listeners' question? Is light switch access dot net?
3: It's an interesting question. I think the way I think about it, um, I think light switch and access have the great potential to be really strong um, companions of each other. Mm-hmm. I think what what it allows us to do is is have the access team take and focus access on the kinds of scenarios it really has always wanted to be about, right? Which is really thinking about that information worker, simple to get up and running, you know, for you know, tracking applications, forms over data applications, really not wanting to have uh, a lot of investment in custom coding behind that. Right. Um, I think the presence of something I like switch allows the access team to really go do that. And allows light switch to come in and take on that space where you want a lot of the productivity you get from a tool like access in terms of time to solution and, and speed to solution. But you also know that you're going to need to get in there a little bit deeper to implement some custom logic to, to control the way things work a little bit more. So I think that's where those two, um, fit with each other. And then, you know, the, the onus is now on myself and my, my counterparts in access to, create a bridge between those two products so that if you started in something like access and found the needs of your business and application changed to where you needed more power or more, you know, lower level control, that you could grow that up into something like a light switch solution. And sure. I think, you know, today we would, I would, I could tell you we do that by connecting to the database level and we using your data. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we can do better there.
0: The, the client level is a whole other thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. nobody talks about trying to get access onto a phone. Yeah. Right. Right. But it's also, you're not in the office suite. But then there's nothing, you know, one of the points that he made at the time was this whole, it came with the machine already in, in form of office. There's nothing that needs to come with the machine with Light Switch. There's no runtime per se.
3: Correct. There's no runtime. So you just need a browser, mm. which all, every machine I know of comes with one of those. So.
0: Yeah. So one more angle, I know we're running low on time here, which is, and we haven't brought this up so far, yeah. the cloud. I got to think that we have an HTML5 client, suddenly the cloud gets even more viable for for LightSwitch.
3: The cloud has always been a really interesting uh, component of the LightSwitch story. Um, in a lot of cases, what we what we have found is that um, these departmental applications that are being created with LightSwitch, they're, they're usually done, a lot of times they're being done I'll say off grid (laughs) uh, from what the rest of IT knows about. And the fact that LightSwitch now has the ability to go and deploy into um, the full breadth of the Azure compute containers, whether it be the cloud, you know, the cloud service containers that we've had from the first version or the new Azure website containers that were just recently announced, um, opens up even more opportunities for these organizations to get their applications up there and start living a little bit of that self-service, uh, model with you know having their own compute that they that they can provision and manage so i think it's a pretty compelling uh, component as well
1: pretty awesome congratulations jay this is uh i'm really really looking forward to this and uh every time I, we talk to beth massey on the show about uh, light switch i go back and watch some more videos and and try it and it, it's just getting better and better
3: awesome that's great to hear yeah
1: and congratulations, uh, congratulations, Chris, on your success. Thank you. It's a fantastic story. Thanks again, Jay and Chris, and we'll talk to you next time on .NET Rocks. Hey, thanks for listening. And remember, FloralSight.com is where you can get 200 minutes of free video training by guests on .NET Rocks and other experts in the field. Floralsight.com.